I'm TJ Miller. You're listening to PS Tape Recorder, although it is digital, and I did bring that up to him, okay? And he got very defensive about it. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, accidental game show host Ben Glebe. I grew up playing Jeopardy. I auditioned to be on Teen Jeopardy. I was rudely rejected by the Jeopardy judges, to which I will one day still get revenge, huh. but it is its own bit of sweet revenge to have my own game show where I tell others that they are not smart and that they have failed my challenges. We'll hear more from Ben in just a bit. We've got more on Kentucky gubernatorial candidate Matt Bevan. He's a conservative, don't you know? But some people aren't buying it, hilariously. We have the hottest record in the world, but first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. British astronaut Tim Peake passed his final Soyuz exam, means he is now qualified to fly in the Russian vehicle when it launches him into the International Space Station for a six-month stay in November. The UK astronaut was chosen because of his skill as a pilot, his quick decision-making ability, and his tolerance for bland food. George Zimmerman was involved in a shooting incident last week in Lake Mary, Florida, and involved a man he'd had a previous dust-up with just last year, police said. Zimmerman flagged down an officer, saying someone shot at him and his car, said Bianca Gillette, a spokesman for the Lake Mary Police Department at a news conference. Zimmerman, 31, did not fire his weapon during the road rage incident, police said. Florida residents can breathe a little easier, though, knowing George Zimmerman is still armed. The lawyer who investigated the New England Patriots insisted that he found direct, not circumstantial evidence to show quarterback Tom Brady new team employees were deflating footballs. Brady has been suspended for four games. Brady must also serve 40 hours of community service at a local pool, blowing up air mattresses, water wings, and pool toys. $20 bills could soon be known as Tubman's if a grassroots campaign succeeds in persuading President Obama to remove Andrew Jackson's portrait from circulation on U.S. paper currency in favor of a famous woman in U.S. history. Rush Limbaugh could not be reached for something horrible to say, but he's working on it. My guess is I'll say something about Obama paying reparations in Tubman's. Just wait for it. Russian President Vladimir Putin and U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry met face-to-face -face this past Tuesday as the two nations sought ways to cooperate after sharp deterioration in relations. The talks lasted four hours, after which it was Putin's turn to speak. A 94-year-old man will be one of the oldest graduates in the history of West Virginia University when he receives his diploma Sunday. The school says in a press release that Anthony Bruto, who studied on and off for 75 years, will be awarded his Regents Bachelor of Arts degree during a commencement uh, this weekend. The 75 years in school, while impressive, still does not break the record held by many students at for-profit colleges. And finally, President Obama's foundation has announced his presidential library will be built in Chicago, in the city's struggling south side neighborhood. The library will store his papers and help frame his legacy as president. People will be able to check out materials from the library, but will be required to have a long-form library card. And that's been Fake News with me. So you remember last week we were discussing the uh, governor's race over there in Kentucky, the uh, primaries uh, over there across the river from where I am here in Cincinnati, and in particular one candidate, Matt Bevan, and we were discussing him because his ad campaign just kind of you know struck me funny. Um, and now I can't remember uh, what it was that he wanted us to remember about him. Uh, Mr. Bevan, what was that again? I'm a conservative. 
a real deal conservative. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, it turns out that even if you're a conservative and say over and over again they're a conservative in Kentucky, well, some folks aren't buying into that. Uh, In particular, the folks that made this ad. First, Matt Bevan was dishonest about his resume. Bevan claimed he attended prestigious MIT, but newspapers report Bevan didn't tell the truth. Now, that is true. I did look into that. And apparently what he did back when he was running uh, for senator against Mitch McConnell, who we'll get to in a minute, um, he put on his LinkedIn profile, Matt Bevan did, that he had attended MIT. It was right at the top of his uh, LinkedIn profile for education. And what he really had done was that he had, I guess, gone to a seminar or was part of a program for entrepreneurs that leased space at MIT, but was not run by MIT. So I guess he did go to MIT. He did not graduate from MIT. So he didn't, it was like a bald-faced lie. But if you looked at his LinkedIn profile, and they asked a lot of experts about this, they said, yeah, that does look a little like he's trying to say he went to MIT. Okay, but, but don't forget. I'm a conservative, a real deal conservative. Oh, yeah? Well, if you're lying about going to MIT, guess what? But Bevan's Connecticut family business took a $100,000 taxpayer-funded bailout. Like just about everybody else did. But anyway, they tried to connect the dots thusly. Bevan even praised the Wall Street bailout. Matt Bevan praises the bailout, even takes a bailout, not a Kentucky conservative. Yeah, no conservative in Kentucky was for that bailout, (laughs) well, except for this guy. You may recall I said yesterday that the uh, the Congress would address the issue of the rescue plan and do it this week. The Senate will do it tonight. So whether you're for it or you're against it, the, the bailouts, there's plenty of praise and or criticism to go around because the bailout bailouts uh, of GM and Wall Street and other businesses started at the closings o- in the closing overs of the Bush administration and then continued through the opening of the Obama administration. So whether you liked it or not, whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, whether you want to blame Bush or blame Obama or praise Bush or Obama, you can do all of those things because it truly was the only time the country came together and said, well, we've got to do this, and they did it, whether, you know, whether it was a good thing or not. Okay, so... Uh, it's just interesting that the uh, the anti Bevan crowd is trying to tie this together, uh, and you know, and I don't I don't have a horse in this race, as it were. I get it, Kentucky governor horses. Um, I don't know. It's it's just just fascinating spectacle, you know, being a uh, progressive watching these guys, and maybe the well, the same laughs coming from the other side. Uh, you know, as more people jump into the race, it looks like they are going to against Mrs. Clinton, uh, and and they should, by the way. Um, maybe people will be having a, a laugh when you know the start shooting each other in a circle. Uh you know, like the Republicans did in the presidential uh, race before and seem to be doing now in Kentucky. But anyway, I think it's funny that they're trying to uh, paint Mr. Bevan as some kind of not conservative because he he goosed his resume, which I think everybody has done at some point or another. And cleverly, I might add, uh, although he was kind of dumb not to realize someone was going to catch that and go, well, yeah, you went to MIT, but you didn't really go to MIT. And then secondly, that his company took a bailout. Okay, so and to me, if you're a voter, the average voter, it's really hard to remember all this stuff about ah, he did, he didn't really go to MIT, and uh, he, he took a bailout. What does that mean? But it's easy to remember this. I'm a conservative, a real deal conservative. And uh, we'll let you know how that turns out uh, in the next episode because uh, the primary is on Tuesday of this week. This episode drops the Sunday before, so most of you will be hearing this afterwards and or are fast-forwarding through this right now to get to the interview with Ben Glebe. 
This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Ben Glebe is a stand-up comedian you may know from his work on Chelsea Lately, NBC's The Real Wedding Crashers, or currently as the host of the Game Show Network show, Idiot Test. Here now is our interview with Ben Glebe. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it's Ben Glebe. Ben, how you doing? Uh, P.S. I'm doing great. It's an honor and a privilege to be on your tape recorder. Awesome. And it's always been a goal of mine. <laughs> I'm sure. It, well, we've done this for print a couple of times. Uh, this will be the first time we've done it for print and for the podcast. So um, I know, I know. And I know you probably recorded it in the past, P.S., but I didn't know that for sure. And it's just exciting to know that this one is being recorded and that it almost feels like this, was, this is a verbal threesome you know yeah kind of yeah with uh, me you and the listener yeah that's uh i did record the previous ones but only on a small uh, actual digital tape recorder uh, that was not used for broadcast purposes as it predated the podcast i believe uh by a couple size of years. matters ps it size does matters you know it's funny you should say that it, it actually does um so i guess a, a good place to start since we haven't spoken in a couple of years is what's new with you these days i know Ch- uh, chelsea wrapped up of course a lot of uh, the folks uh, that were on that show as panelists are now hitting the road and taking advantage of some of the uh, free time they have yeah i mean i i have as much free time as as um perhaps i thought i would have because luckily i got my own game show on game show network called idiot test that premiered two weeks before chelsea lately ended oh, okay and and it was it debuted on August 12th of last year on Game Show Network. It was a big hit for them out of the gates, and it was one of their biggest ratings hits um, last year. And we got picked up for a second season and just finished shooting our 65 episode season two, and it premieres on April 1st um, on GSN at 8 7 Central. Oh, cool! I don't, so, know. I don't so have cable it's been anymore. It's a real so. blast getting immersed in that world. Interesting. And um, getting to know the ins and outs of hosting a game show, and I produced it as well. And oh, wow. To create, create the test and helping to craft a very interesting, intellectually challenging show. Um, that's the prep work that goes into each episode. And then once the episodes start, I throw away all the intellectual crap and just make fun of people when they get the test wrong. And it is a very fun combo of brain challenges and just stupid comedy wow now i know you did a um a talk show all the way back in college did you ever have any notion of doing uh doing a game show being a game show host i never thought i would be a game show host no um i loved game shows my whole life growing up i was a big fan of double bear um mark summers the the uh prince of Adolescent game shows uh, was certainly an inspiration and an example for me of what the genre could be. I enjoyed Press Your Luck as a young boy and avoided whammies ever since. I don't think I've ever encountered a whammy in my life. And 
Alex Trebek, of course, is oh, the yeah. gold standard still to this day. I grew up playing Jeopardy. I auditioned to be on Teen Jeopardy. I was rudely rejected by the Jeopardy judges, um, to which I will one day still get revenge, huh. but it is its own bit of sweet revenge to have my own game show where I get to tell others that they are not smart and that they have failed my challenges. There you Um, go. It's just a good bit of bitter revenge in life. What is life if you can't have your bitterness displayed on national television for all to soak in? Life is nothing but soaked up bitterness but in like a fun light way (laughs) yeah and manifested through a game show in this case exactly right exactly right it's really fun to be able to give people the chance to earn money in a very embarrassing public shaming kind of way well that's what the game show is all about yeah exactly it's basically a welfare program it's a financial assistance program for people um, in financial need, and they apply for this assistance in front of the international television audience, which is unusual. Well, I and did. I did that once. Do uh, you remember that show, The Weakest Link? Bye bye. Of course I do. Yes, I I tried out for that, and I got to the second round, but then I uh, I got knocked out in the in the second round, and I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't thinking fast enough because they interview you at the end. Even if you lose, they interviewed you at the end to see if you were TV credible. And I wasn't thinking out on my feet fast enough. I later realized the way the show went. They asked me what I thought of the other contestants, and I should have said, I hope they all lose. But I was rolling saying, oh, they're, they seem like all a pretty smart bunch. And screaming, well, we don't want you. We want, we want some conflict here, dude. Exactly. Yeah. So you never got to meet the, the bitter old British lady. No, I didn't. And I'm a huge Anglophile, so that would have been, that'd have been nice to meet the bitter British lady. Oh, man. Yeah. So. That's a bummer. That, that is a bummer. Maybe <laughs> you can travel to, to the greatest of all Britons and try to find her. I know, right? Maybe be on a, a show over there. Now, I don't have cable. I'm looking on the Game Show Network website. The good news is you can uh, you can watch full episodes, it looks like, of Idiot Test on GameShowNetwork.com. GSNTV.com, by the way. That's correct. Oh, and cool. There's a few of them on YouTube as well. Oh, good, good. So all I hope right. people who don't have cable can watch those episodes and then do what they can to steal cable from one of their neighbors. <laughs> well, you don't really have to do that once anymore. Like, once you know, hooked on the show. Yeah, well, once, you know, with, with you know, Netflix and with the, 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 a lot of the, like I said, the, like TBS won't let you watch anything unless you have a cable subscription, even on their website. But then a lot of the other cable channels will. So I guess uh, GSN is one of them. So Yeah, I asked GSN to put some full episodes online, and they, they did so. And people seem to really get addicted to the show. I mean, GSN airs marathons of the game show oftentimes and I get tweets from people who watch for four or five hours straight just my show it's a pretty crazy phenomenon it's a pretty crazy thing to hear someone say they aired one on Christmas Day and a lot of people tweeted they spent their Christmas watching Idiot Test and I'm not going to say whether or not that means that they failed their own Idiot Test <laughs> or not but if they watch with their family huddled around them with snowflakes falling upon their head they I think had a beautiful Christmas and should probably install a roof in their house. Yes. Well, what else are you going to do on Christmas Day, though, once the presents are open? You can watch yourself some game shows. Why not? That's a strong point. Compete with your family. There you go. Try to edge out a, a an intellectual bit of superiority over those that you love most closely. 
Uh, so that's what the holidays are really all about. It really is. Uh, now, I'm curious. I know that they used to, in the old days. Maybe they still do this. Is they would shoot game shows. They'd shoot like a, a chunk of them early in the week, like on a Monday, Tuesday. Shoot like twenty of them, and then you know be off for a couple of days. Is that is that how you guys do it, or do you shoot it daily, or do you how, how is the what's the production schedule like? Ours is pretty tight. We shoot five episodes a day, so okay. our whole season is finished after just a few weeks. That's and cool. And I'm free to go and do other things. Um, like travel, stand up, and bring my comedy to people directly, and um, sleep in a little bit. I usually tend to not do the latter of that huh. because well, I, can I am a masochist who would rather constantly work than ever rest. But hopefully, people get the benefit of that in the form of laughter and empathy for me. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, on stage these days, still talking current events, social commentary. Or have you uh, found new things to, to make fun of? Um, I definitely found some new things to make fun of. I will always love politics and social issues, and my podcast last week on Earth on the Smodcast Network has always been politically based, but I've been so busy lately that I haven't actually had the time to do a bunch of new episodes. I feel terrible about that. And I do plan to very soon get back into that, but I just had to take a little bit of a break from being so... Um, social issue and political issue minded in my act and I just sort of am in more of a light frivolous phase right now and what I'm talking about on stage and having more fun and it's a looser environment I'm doing a lot of improv and crowd work in my act oh that's cool and so um, when people come out they'll see a different show every time and at the moment it's just a lot of fun it's not not anything too weighty to think about I don't think so, but it, are there things uh, politically and socially that are that are bugging you these days? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the state of the world is certainly in a strange flux point. You know, it's just hard to know what the best strategy for tackling some of these ills are. You know, it's hard to really know if ISIS is a bigger threat to us or if Iran is. It's strange that Iran is now sort of on our side and trying to topple ISIS, but yet they're also in Iraq taking over there, and we always wanted to keep Iran out of Iraq. So it was a big part of the reason that we had to keep troops in Iraq for so long. So it, it, as, as always, politics makes strange bedfellows, and foreign policy, when it's so confusing, it really makes you wonder if there's any objective truth beyond murder is bad. Yeah, exactly. So it's a conundrum. That's also honestly part of why I needed to take some time off of, of you know, talking a lot about politics in my act. Was I needed some time to figure, I needed some time to figure out what I think about this. I want to go up, out, out there on the microphone and just spout opinions that are not well, oops, sorry, I almost broke 17 glasses, <laughs> that are not well thought out and are not well-informed, so I wanted to take some time just to actually internalize all that's happening in the world before I go out there with my next, you know, round of opinions on it. Yeah, it's, it's, and does that ever just get, like, just exhausting after a while, especially with the situation you were just talking about with, you know, Iran, Iraq, and ISIS, and Syria, and all that, and the round and round on it, and all the angles, that you just kind of, like, throw up your hand sometime and say, ah, I'll just make fun about sports instead, because if, if you're wrong, you know, no one, no one gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, except for all the football players 
sustaining life-altering concussions. Well, yeah, but, there's that. Um, they also gained paid millions, so that's their choice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was also part of it. I got a little bit burnt out for a minute on, you know, so vigilantly following every bit of the news, and I wanted to try um, for the first time really in over a decade to just let my mind relax a little bit, but that's also part of why I have been unable to return to the podcast for a while is that I'm going to need to do some catching up and backtracking some of the news before I come out there to talk about it. I want to make sure I have no gaps in my knowledge. So it's a responsibility talking about the news and I needed a little vacation from it. Yeah, I used to, I think it was um, I, when I interviewed uh, the late Mitch Hedberg years and years ago, I asked him about if he ever, because, you know, is mostly with a lot of, you know, brilliant one-liners. Do you ever think of doing anything like political or current events? And he says, well, no, because I'm afraid that somebody will stand up in the crowd and say, you're completely effing wrong, <laughs> and he'll be embarrassed. <laughs> so he just said he'd stick to, you know, just what he knew. It's just, you know, just silly uh, observations. Uh, yeah, so. Mitch Hedberg is just one of the great joke writers ever. Oh, yeah. And, um, and when you're that good at it, I think it would be a mistake to try to politicize that. That's um, true. You can't politicize how much Pringles cans look like tennis ball cans. No, just that's true. Or uh, or or how much uh, how silly Hollywood is asking when you come out as a comedian if you want if you can you also act and like what was his line um that's like going to a farmer and saying wow you're a great farmer can you cook. <laughs> Can, can you cook? Or are you exactly? Can, 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 can you farm? It's so funny. I know. Right? so many funny ways. Of, oh, it was the other way around. That's right. Yeah, you're you're right. you're a great cook and you farm. Brilliant, brilliant mind, Mitch Hedberg. Um, Which is a better way to phrase the punchline because it's just funnier to go more obscure. With right. The exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so when when you're finding are you in that stage now though, where you're on stage and kind of finding stuff that works, and then maybe a day later thinking like, I'm oh, I, got I, I just lost that. You said say that again. I was saying, if are you on at this point these days when you're on stage that you're coming up with you know the next day coming up with better tags and things like that, or is the show so different from show to show that you know sometimes that material just it, it comes up and it goes? A little bit of both. I mean, the bits I'm developing, I'm definitely adding tags to and. And forming as as I do many shows, but I'm really like very much in a in a phase right now of enjoying just making the shows up off the top of my head based on what the crowd is like, what they and how they answer my my aggressive questions. So <laughs> it's uh it's it's just really fun right now. I think it's a really um, exciting kind of electric energy during my shows that makes it fun for the audience and has fun for me. So. Um, it's been it's been fun, and I'm sure I will get into another phase at some point again in the future. But right now, this is a blast. So I'm curious. Then is like it's it. Do you even use the same opener? Like I know some guys will use like uh, the same opener, like for the first you know the first joke, but then they'll just kind of sense the crowd and then launch there. Or do you just come up with something totally different depending on how you, you're gauging the crowd when you're you know, maybe watching the feature or uh, you know waiting waiting for just to come on stage. Yeah, my opener is all over the place. I definitely mix it up um, whenever I can. Um, I have a couple of jokes that I can use as an opener, but I prefer to abandon that plan if the moment takes me somewhere else. Uh, and I also saw you uh, did a thing on Setlist, which um, 
uh, boy, I was like, I mean, that would scare the hell out of me because um, I've seen it, uh, I've heard it described, and I've seen a few people do it. And I'm like, man, that is just, that is just some tricky stuff. Has doing that kind of uh, been sort of like a, a comedic gym and kind of help you flex that muscle of you know just being quick? Because it seems kind of like uh, to to play into what you're doing now on stage. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely am more comfortable with improvising my act than a lot of comics are, just because I do it a ton always have but um set list is my favorite show to do by far because firstly paul provenza and troy conrad are just the greatest they're creating such interesting things in the comedy world and improv based shows and paul's one of my you know comedy uh gurus and a guy that i've always looked to for advice and i love to do things that he's involved with but um the people that do set lists are just some of the great comedians of our day and it's an incredible honor to be able to be on lineups with them and to throw my hat in the ring and get to you know share bills with them and and try to hold my own with them and this is just also my favorite show because it's just is exactly like you say such a challenge you literally don't know what the topics are that you're going to see on that screen each time you turn around, you have to pretend as though Zach you've been doing your whole career. Yeah. And I just couldn't love it more. It is so much fun. Yeah, uh, Provenza was on Jimmy Pardo's podcast a few weeks ago explaining exactly how it works, um, you know, from the ground up. And, you know, Jimmy was at because Jimmy's never done it before, and I think he'd be brilliant at it. And uh, but the, and uh, Paul was explaining, well, you know, we, you know, there's you absolutely do not know what's what's coming up at all. And, you know, it, it pops up and then you got to, you know, and some people do really good at it. And some people stumble and other people get better as it goes on. And you know, it's a shame the folks outside of Los Angeles uh, can't enjoy it. Well, they can because it's a nerdist series on YouTube. Yeah, but one that I did on YouTube yeah. and, and you can see my, you can see many others. Robin Williams did one. Um, there's amazing people that do set lists. And so you can see it online and then hopefully the show will spread, you know, to around the country. So uh, what what is the uh, the ultimate plan for you then? Do you, do you have you taken a, a do you fancy this game show host thing, or is this something you'll just do for a while and kind of move on to some uh, some other bigger dream project? I mean, I I really have fallen in love with hosting this show. I hope I get to do it indefinitely. I hope we get to do many 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 seasons. Um, but because I'm fortunate enough that the show's block shoot in this short time period, um, I also. Uh, get to do a bunch of other stuff at the same time. So I would love to do both. I'd love to keep hosting the show and I would love to, you know, expand my acting career with movies and TV shows, with uh, movies and scripted TV shows. And I'd like to also get another television show that's more of a talk-based show um, or perhaps a little bit political um, if my brain ever comes back. (laughs) Kind of like a Bill Maher situation? Yeah, very much. I mean, Bill Maher and John Oliver and Larry Wilmore and Tom Stewart host four of my favorite shows on television, so um, I would be thrilled to host one of those shows. And John Stewart is leaving. Yes. And there were a good handful of my supporters who tweeted to Comedy Central for them to have me replace John. And I told my agents that, and they said they were already on, putting me on the short list to pitch to replace John Stewart, and I am not holding my breath because I would die because you can't <laughs> hold your breath really more than like four minutes without dying, and I don't want to die, but I still think it would be incredible 
in a non-breath-holding environment to take over that show. But again, a breath is not being held. Yes. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out and who they uh, who they bring in. Maybe they'll like uh, they did with uh, when before Craig Ferguson got the Late Late Show. They had that run of like five or six people, I think, that um, that came in. Uh, D.L. Hughley was one of them, I remember, because I interviewed him right around that yep. same time. Yeah, this just kind of test everybody out and see, uh, you know, who who does the best. Or so that that'd be pretty. I'd, and I'd like to see that actually. We should. That would be incredible. I mean, to host the Daily Show would be second only to being on your tape recorder. <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the second person to say something like that. That's uh, Wendy Liebman said. This is almost as good as being on the Howard Stern Show. So. Yeah. No. I mean, your your tape recorder is is one of the highlights of my life it is one of the, one of the finest tape recorders you'll find anywhere in the podcast it's one of the finest tape recorders you'll find anywhere in the podcasting world i listen i know that you, you have <laughs> sense about things and that 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 comes across to you cool man well great well i appreciate you taking the time today and uh you know good luck with the game show we're going to watch it here on the uh, gsn website uh in a nice uh nice thing to watch probably seems like a good afternoon game shows are good for the afternoon like they used to be when i was a kid or, or, or in the morning when you're homesick from school watch a bunch of game shows I mean, and uh yeah maybe yeah, binge watch a couple of those in, in prime time what you're saying is very offensive to us in the game show world, <laughs> but it's totally cool well when i was growing up i was used to watching all of them because uh, you'd be homesick from school uh morning tv was great and then you got to the afternoon because you only had this is before cable. You only had the three channels or four channels, whatever it was. You had uh, soap operas or some rubbishy movie, and that was it. There were no they didn't that put any true. game shows on in the afternoon. So and at night, at night I guess you had some after dinner. There was um, Joker's Wild, and um, that was one I used to watch a lot. And uh, and the aforementioned Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So yeah, I mean I think the moral of the story really, BF, is that you you can't be a kid forever. That's true. That's true. You got to watch game shows in prime time eventually. <laughs> That's right. Got to suck it up. You, and if you can be a kid, I mean, I I challenge someone to try to be a kid forever. I double dare you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well, well. The the challenge has been thrown down then for for people out there. Well, um, well, terrific, yeah. man. Uh, again, the gauntlet has been thrown, and it has. And I just this is this is amazing through my lack of ceiling and my. Out here, I, I just had slime poured all over me. Oh, geez. All right. Well, I'll uh, let you get back to that then. And again, appreciate yeah, I you doing. Clean up the slime. Cool. Appreciate being on the show. And uh, good luck up there in Minneapolis. And I hope we'll see you down here in Cincinnati again sometime as well. And um, and good luck with everything then. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, appreciate Ben. It. Take care. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Ben Glebe for being on the show. You can find out about all things Ben Glebe at BenGlebe.com. Glebe is spelled G-L-E-I-B. His game show, Idiot Test, uh, can be found on the Game Show Network. Check your local listings, which means that I'm too lazy to look it up and don't know when it's on. Now, actually, uh, if you go to his calendar, it also shows uh, when Idiot Test is on, as well as his upcoming gigs, uh, including Thursday, May 28th through Saturday, May 30th. He's at the Denver Improv. And then Idiot Test is actually on Wednesdays, it looks like, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, again later in the evening so uh, do the math for your area of the country just go to your internet machine and just type in uh, what time is five o'clock eastern in my time zone and uh, that should get you sorted okay so uh, usual credits uh, pf tape recorder logo designed by dan Koble, dan and megan's podcast the queen's gambit uh, i think it can be found at the queen's gambit podcast.com and in itunes they discuss the show arrow 
And let me see, what else? Oh, original music composed and performed by John Ropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Like the show on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter at PF66. And uh, we're going to get to the hottest record in the world here, but I had a little, um, there's something I wanted to say about the hottest record in the world. We've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I tweet out uh, when, you know, who's the hottest record in the world after the show drops. And, of course, last week it was uh, Borns from Southern California, and before that it was Paradise Fears. And, and no one ever, like, retweets or favorites it. And I'm thinking, you know, let's give each other a little bit of love here. And I finally think I, I realize what the problem is. The problem is is that if you click on the uh, Podbean link for the show, the show is hosted on Podbean. Uh, and if you go to pfradio.podbean.com, that's where you can find all the links and information. But most people, I think, get the show through iTunes and Stitcher and tune in mostly through iTunes. So, But if you go to the Podbean page and look at the player, it'll show you how many people have played the episode. And lately, it's, it's only been in the 30s. However, uh, if you go to Feed Hits, which I can access and is not available to the general public, we're getting close to 650 Feed Hits a day. So I think what's happening is these bands or whoever run their social media accounts uh, see the tweet, possibly, and then they say, oh, well, check this out, Hottest Record in the World on PF Tape Recorder, and they'll look at it and they'll go, oh, only 30 people listen to it. Yeesh. We're not gonna, you're not going to jump on that sinking ship. So then they don't do anything about it. So the, uh, the Penguin, uh, Penguin Prison guy... Uh, he favorited the tweet, just to be on the safe side, didn't want to retweet it, don't want to go too crazy. But anyway, uh, the hottest record in the world is from a Hosier. Hosier, yes, the uh, Take Me to Church guy has another tune, I think I like this one a little bit better, as a matter of fact. It's uh, it's nice, it's got um, it's got that bluesy feel to it, and it's uh, it's quite catchy, and it's not as uh, dramatic as Take Me to Church. Uh, Hosier has the hottest record in the world with someone new. So long, and thanks for listening. step that I ran to you Only blue or black days Electing strange perfections in any stranger I choose Would things be easier If there was a right way Honey, there is no right way So I fall in love just a little or a little bit Every day with someone Escape the burning way the art.